Hi guys, this is Zoe. If you listen to this episode and you think, hey, this sounds like what I listened to last week, please go back and listen to last week's episode. We had a glitch with our program that posts our podcast for us. It uploaded the wrong episode on the wrong time. So it uploaded this episode last week and we were able to catch it in the morning, but some of you may have still listened to this episode. This episode is about to be about the Chupacabra. If you've already listened to that, go back to last week's episode and listen to Robin talk about the Bear Creek Swamp. Welcome to Haunted Hospitality. Send the stories told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe. And I have a story for you guys today. But first, Robin, how's life? Oh, life is doing good. So House of the Dragon comes on tonight. <laughs> do you know what, I t- what do you know what I'm talking about when I say House of the Dragon? Yeah, you talked about it on the podcast before. Oh, shoot. I can't repeat myself. All right. Well, I'm still watching it. Okay. That's my life. <laughs> How are you? How's life? I'm good. I got these. Okay, so... I have this bad habit of I will see ads for things on TikTok and then I'll fall in love with it and instantly have to buy it. But it's Zoe, no, 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 no. It's not like the um, like the here's this device that I invented that can change your life. No, it's like small business. I make stickers. Okay, that's better. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're exactly the kind of person TikTok hopes is on TikTok. So let me show you the stickers that I got recently. Oh, my God. And I will describe them. So for reference, I got these off of Etsy with the um, creator Star Salts, one word. This sticker right here, it says Live, Laugh, Love, but it looks like the Sonic Adventure 2 logo. So love that. I swore to myself that I would never get anything that says live, laugh, love. But here we are. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a meme, so it's okay. So um, the other two I put on my water bottle. The only reason I haven't put that on my water bottle is I couldn't find a place for it. So next to my sticker, that is a peach that says my anxiety... My anxiety is chronic, but this ass is iconic. I have a little moth (laughs) man. Very nice. And then that's, that's my dojo. That's us. And then I got this one that says Dice Goblin at Nashi. So it's a con. No, Bonsai Con here in Columbia. And then this is the other one that I got. It's vapor or it's actually like 80s themed. And it says move. I'm gay. And so I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, I have Stitch right here. But yeah, so I got those three new stickers. The move. I'm gay. The little cute chibi Mothman. And live, laugh, love, but it's Sonic Adventure 2. Um, thank you for the tour of your water bottle. Thank, yeah, it's really important to me, actually. <laughs> I love it. I love that for you. Well, that that's my life update. So we have very vigorous life updates this episode. Yeah, for sure. Lots going on there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> do you have a something something for us? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> I have something spooky. Okay. And what I have is probably potentially the first depiction of a ghost. (gasps) Yes. So this guy named Irving Finkel is the curator or a curator for the British Museum. And he recently came out with a book called The First Ghosts, Most Ancient of Legacies, where he talks about the ghosts and how they were viewed in Mesopotamia. Oh. And one of the things he talks about in that book is a clay tablet that is at the British Museum, and it is from around 1500 BC in Mesopotamia. And in it, etched into it, and like it was like cast off for a long time because like you couldn't really tell what the image was unless you were like in very like direct overhead lighting because obviously it's been like 3,500 years but he looked happened to look at it at direct light and it depicts an older man being led into presumably the afterlife by a I think a female. So the other side of the tablet is uh cuneiform instructions on how to guide a ghost that is stuck on Earth into the afterlife. Interesting. 
It is interesting. So in this case, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is like a every kind of ghost situation because it seems very tailored to like specifically an older man who is lonely. Okay. And that that's part of the reason like why it is like a woman bringing him into the afterlife. So it is instructions for literally the word used was an exorcist. Oh, like so that comp that idea of like ridding us of this, by the way, uh, ghosts at that time period in that space in Mesopotamia were not viewed as like evil or anything, but they were viewed with a lot of pity and sympathy because mm. they were like, there's a reason they're stuck on this earth. And people would think that like, you had a ghost if like you were ill with something and so it was thought like we could cast this ghost off well take it to the afterlife or the underworld as it was kind of thought of then I i'm not an expert on mesopotamian uh <laughs> religion or theories of the afterlife but the idea was to that perhaps you would get better you okay. living would get better if the ghost that was haunting you was gone so this is on the yeah on the back of it was cuneiform description of how to exercise this ghost and the instructions included getting like two vessels of beer getting a figurine of a man and getting a figurine of a woman and dressing them both in very specific ways and also giving them specific items including a bed and like necessities for travel okay and then the person performing this ritual who may have been like perhaps a an expert in this field that like you could like i don't know if higher on is the right word or how they were doing things at that point but like maybe like this person could be like the specific exorcist versus like you just happen to need to exercise it you know mm -hmm. and the idea was to get all of these items together at sunrise and do like a ritual with words it said to and i might miss be mispronouncing but the Mes mesopotamian god of like ghosts going to the afterlife who they called and i might be like this is what i'm mispronouncing probably shamash okay i'm assuming and i just very i just found that very interesting like there was like this specific way of doing it that is very much not like the violent image we have now of exorcisms right and i say violent just because like in every horror movie and also in like real life descriptions i've heard outside of this podcast it's very um intense and yeah. like unwanted on all parties whereas with this one not unwanted on our parties but like nobody's having a good time right. um but in this case they're trying to get this ghost to go over and so the theory behind it being an old man is that he is lonely he wants a companion and they're giving the figurine of a woman as a companion. And it does also, like, you know, I mean, it involves a bed. It has to do with sex, it seems, as well. But, like, you're giving these things to go over in the afterlife. And it's just, it seems to be done with, like, a much more, like, caring about, like, what the ghost needs. It's just so very interesting to me. But one thing that is also interesting that the guide says, and it's unclear who it says it to, whether it says it to the exorcist or the ghost entering into the afterlife. It says, do not look behind you. Oh, Isn't that so interesting? yeah. The thought, it, it, do, it does say like, it's perhaps more likely that it's saying it to the ghosts going into the underworld, but it doesn't specify. And so we don't yeah. actually know. Huh. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I, I came across that and I just wanted to share it. Well, that's really cool. Thank you, Robin. You're welcome. You're welcome. Do you have a story for us today? I do. I do. I do. I do. Okay. Well, lay it on us. Robin. Mm-hmm. We have another cryptid on our hands. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one I feel like is associated more with the South than any other, though I do think that it's more associated with, like, Latin America than it is the South specifically. But it goes okay. into Texas. But have you ever heard of, and the answer is going to be yes, the chupacabra? Yes. Yes. So we're going to talk about the chupacabra today. So before I get into the full story, I do just want to say content warning for animal death and mentions of blood. If that's not you, have a snack, 
I guess, and turn off this episode. Um, <laughs> Those are your commands. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the Chupacabra name is Spanish. Chupar means to suck and cabras means goat. And the name means literally to suck goats. But if you want to put a little bit of logic into it, you can get to suck the blood of goats. <laughs> um so the name came from a Puerto Rican comedian named Silvero Perez, and he was talking about the attacks on his radio show. And so he's like, it's like a chupacabra. And then that name just stuck. Okay. I honestly thought the name went like way farther back than that. No, it actually. Okay, so I'll get into it. But the first event was 1995. Really? Because mm -hmm. I kind of thought Chupacabra. I don't. Okay, maybe I just don't know what a Chupacabra is. I think maybe I thought it was like the same thing as like a Bigfoot, but like one of the other names for Bigfoot. No. Okay. Yeah. No, you need this episode, Robin. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lay it on me. The Chupacabra is known to attack livestock and drink its blood and it will leave behind the meat and the bones and everything. Like, it feasts only upon the blood. And the descriptions vary. So the first instance was in 1995 in Puerto Rico. And so most of the depictions in Puerto Rico and Latin America will describe it as reptilian or alien-looking with leathery or scaly greenish-gray skin. They say that it's heavy, and the size of a small bear, and it has a row of green spines reaching from the base of its neck to its tail. And like, like, like just spiky spines that come out. Okay. It also supposedly will like crawl on, it'll be like be on all fours whenever it's like consuming flesh or blood i guess but when it's moving it will actually go on back legs and hop like a kangaroo and i do wonder i, 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 I feel do like you're making this up no 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 no, no. <laughs> so i do want to point out here that kangaroos are native to australia and they are not anywhere outside of australia so it's not a kangaroo i didn't think it was a kangaroo <laughs> so okay in the southwestern United States, they agree on the spines and the size, but in United States, it's more dog-like than lizard-like. Okay. Those are not similar animals. No, but I feel like if you take a hairless dog and a leather scaly creature, like, they could have same texture from afar. Uh-huh. Okay, so... um. <laughs> They say that the, it's a hairless dog with pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Some say that the chupacabra has three fangs, two on top, one on the bottom, to suck the blood through. Because the livestock that they find have three puncture marks like that. So like an upside down triangle. Three puncture marks? Yeah, three puncture marks. You don't hear about that. <gasps> okay, can I just interrupt real quick? Yeah. Makes me think of like, isn't there something with cryptids and having like three toes? <gasps> you are so right. I listen. I listen. <laughs> like the lizard man, like that whole thing about like finding the the foot. Yeah, yeah. The claw, the footprints all had three claws. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. But uh, yeah, okay. So to aid to your thought of you think I'm making this up. Um, I don't actually think you're making it up. I'm just like you're making it <laughs> So some sources say that instead of the teeth, it has a long tongue that has a sucker on the end of it. And that sucker has like three prongs on it. And it will like a, like a leech get onto the yeah. skin and then it will suck the blood like through that. And like, I have actually seen photos. I didn't, I'm not sharing them with you. Don't worry. But of like chickens where it has like a red sore about this big with three puncture wounds, like an upside down triangle. And like the cause of death is the lack of blood. Okay. <laughs> Did they perform an autopsy on the chicken? We will get there. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so some people, okay. I'm sorry, Robin. <laughs> What? Some people even claim that the chupacabra has wings, like dragon leathery wings. 
Do people ever think they're talking about more than one animal? Like, more than one type of animal? <laughs> so, in this case, specifically, experts think that they see really big vampire bats. How big is this creature again? So, I've when it stands up, I've seen anywhere from three to five feet tall. Okay. That's a big vampire bat. All right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So, the first sighting was in Puerto Rico in 1995, and from there it's been seen as far north as Maine, as far south as Chile, as it's even been seen in other countries like Russia and the Philippines. Most of them are in northern Mexico in the southern United States. Pretty much if you venture too far out of there, most people will be like, "Mm, I don't think those are real sightings. Yeah. So, most people say that the reports are without merit. A lot of them have been proved to be canids, which are like these wild canine animals. And if they have mange, they can look pretty freaky. And most people don't know that canids exist. Before the first sighting in 1995, though, there was a creature that people believe was a chupacabra before people knew what a chupacabra was. So in 1975, there were farmers in Moca, M-O-C-A, Puerto Rico, and they had several of their livestock killed. Initially, they believed that a satanic cult was the issue, that they were coming and draining their animals of blood. But as more and more animals were killed, people believed that it was a vampire, and they called it the Vampire of Moca. Okay. Each animal had its body bled dry through a series of small circular incisions on their bodies. That doesn't sound normal. I, I and it's like that sucker it. thing I told you about. That's just such a disturbing image. <laughs> <laughs> so the 1995 event that I've mentioned a couple of times was on March 8th. There were sheep. I think it was, I think it was a handful of sheep. They were found dead in Puerto Rico. And each of them had three puncture wounds on the chest, and they were completely drained of blood. People didn't really know what to think from there. But then in August, so a few months later, a person named Madeline Tolentino said that she saw a creature in the town of Canovanas, Puerto Rico, where 150 farm animals and pets were killed. So there were, like, it's confirmed 150 farm animals and pets were killed in this town and she says she saw it and that's when she gave us the alien description this is so interesting because i think it's we have had quite a lot of cryptids i think without necessarily like any known effects from them if that makes sense but like this is like reportedly a whole bunch of actual like I don't know if I'm ready to say evidence, but like (laughs) close to it, you know? So the Chupacabra is probably one of the biggest ones I've covered so far Mm -hmm. because the folk monster, that one's pretty not, it's not known outside of folk and the lizard man like that. He's not well known either. So I think there was one more. Oh, the Ozark Howler. That's not well known either outside, but like I remember watching a Bones episode, like you know the hit TV show Bones. I do um, know the hit TV show Bones. You brought it up last night too. I know you, you I, are a Bones lover. I I have seen Bones <laughs> multiple times. I just oh my god, I love her so much. I love Temperance Bender so much, and I have I've read book series by the anyway. Sorry, um, <laughs> man, I just want to tell you a fun fact about Bones now, but I won't. Okay, so there's one episode. <laughs> Where they do investigate the death of somebody and somebody in the town, like a few people in the town, think it's the Chupacabra. So it's like the Chupacabra is well known enough that it's in hit TV shows, you know. Okay, thank you. So when Madeline Tolentino went public about what she saw there, it kind of hit the local newspapers and... There was a the aforementioned talk show host, Silvero Perez, and he was on air. He had recently seen those newspapers and he was talking about it and he coined the term Chupacabra. And after he talked about it, 
that segment of the show went viral, as far as viral can go in 1995. And it so- made a mild stir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was a swarm of reports of both sightings and similar animal deaths, some of them that predate this uh, release of this episode, that were not only in Puerto Rico, but also Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, and the United States. That's a lot of places. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the origin. Okay. Here is a little bit of discussion back and forth about like, what is it? Is it real? There is this man named Benjamin Radford. And he's considered kind of a chupacabra expert. He published a book called Tracking the Chupacabra in 2011. And he says that five years of research went into this book. And I don't know if that was like five years of dedicated 40 hours a week research or I don't know what he means by that. Like how I can say I've been writing a short story for four years, but really it's like once a year I'll look back into it. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So he says... That he, okay, he read the description that Madeline, the first eyewitness, provided. And he said that her description was so similar to the description of a character named Sill in the 1995, same year, science fiction horror film called Species. He says that Sill is nearly identical to what Madeline reported. And therefore, she probably just saw the movie and then claimed that she saw the chupacabra and gave the description of what she saw in that movie. And since the first instance of the chupacabra sighting was fake, that discredits all other chupacabra sightings, and therefore the chupacabra does not exist. That is the logic he presents in his novel. Okay. Is it a novel? Or book, sorry. Okay. So... I was like, okay, let me look up the Sill person, right? Spelled yeah. S-I-L in the 1995 movie called Species. Sill is a humanoid creature that looks like it's the creature from the back Black Lagoon with Katy Perry fireworks boobs. I'm talking in your face. You don't not see those. Like their individual <laughs> boobs are bigger than the face. And it's very humanoid. It's gray and like webbed hand, like silky kind of skin with a tail. Like to that me. That doesn't sound like what you described. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Syl could not look further from the description before. Like, I feel like if I saw somebody like Syl, my first words would be massive titties. <laughs> <laughs> Some creature with massive titties was killing all the sheep. <laughs> like, it would have come up in your description. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So if he can hear the description that Madeline provided, look at Syl and say, that sounds about right. I discredit everything that Benjamin says. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, also, like, people asked him, they're like, okay, so how did the animals die? And he's like, well, I just proved the chupacabra. That's not on me to figure out how they died. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so shush, Benjamin. <laughs> Go off, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> However, something that does not bode well for chupacabra fans who believe in the chupacabra is... That the, a lot of, like, during the initial 1995 hubbub, there was a vet, like a veterinarian in Puerto Rico. His name was Dr. David Morales, and he did a necropsy of 300 of the reported chupacabra victims. And a necropsy is just an autopsy, but apparently autopsy is a term reserved for humans so if it's a not human getting an autopsy it's a necropsy necropsy they kept all 300 like what in the same storage unit so he observed 300 of them there wasn't 300 total so he took a sample size i guess okay 
And in those 300 necropsies, necropsies, I'm not pronouncing it correctly. He reported that they were not blood dry. However, bleeding out was the cause of death. And so he's like, well, because they weren't blood dry, that proves that the chupacabra doesn't exist. And I'm like, I don't understand that logic. Because just because it wasn't blood dry doesn't mean something didn't take its blood. Yes. So there was this University of Michigan biologist named Barry O'Connor. And he gave a alternative point of view. So he believes that all chupacabra reports in the U.S. at least, where they're more dog-like, are simply coyotes. Which, hold on, I'm sorry, pause real quick. I hate the way coyote is spelled. Why does it have an O between the C and the Y? It doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. Okay, aside over. Okay. So he believes that they are all simply coyotes infected with the parasite Sarcoptes scabibi. I didn't pronounce that correctly either. (laughs) He said it takes away their fur, thickens their skin, and gives them bad BO. And... I mean, I don't think he used that verbiage, but that's what I put in my notes. (laughs) Yeah. And since they're weakened by the ailment, they will go after livestock that can't run away rather than their typical prey in the wild. Okay, and why why the the circle and it's three things? He does not explain that. He does not explain how it happened. But people will say, sorry, going back, because I'm leading up to a point. So I don't want it to sound disjointed when I'm just like, ignore your question, continue. (laughs) Shutting up until your point is made. No, 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 no. (laughs) But several people say that it can't be a coyote, like he says, because it didn't eat the flesh of the animal. And so he's like, well, there's two explanations for that. Both coyotes and dogs will kill just simply to kill. They don't necessarily kill to eat. Dogs especially. I've heard a lot of country, uh, stories where, like, a neighbor's dog will get out and kill all the chickens of another neighbor just because. Just because it saw the chickens and wanted to kill them all. Mm-hmm. And so, like, dogs and coyotes will kill for, f- not fun, but I guess enrichment. But also, if they have this sarcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcoposcop
I thought the dog was like alive. Oh, I, I kind of saw it and thought the dog was taxidermied. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. There are also reports of chupacabras that were confirmed to be a stray Mexican hairless dog. Okay. Have you ever seen Coco? No, I haven't, but feel free to spoil it for me because I have looked up the ending. Okay, this isn't really a spoiler, but Coco, he, or um, the boy in Coco, whose name I don't know, actually. I thought it was Coco. No, Coco's the grandma. Oh. Anyway, um, there he has a pet dog named Dante, and Dante is a Mexican hairless dog, and he looks a little, little goofy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to walk you through some sightings, okay? Mm-hmm. And I made sure to include at least a few from southern United States, so this is all valid. <laughs> <laughs> So I do have it in chronological order, starting with Illinois in 1989. There was a man named Tim in Naperville, and he was walking home down some railroad tracks, and he saw something coming. Like, there was a hill in front of him that was, like, an uphill, and he had to go up that hill, and he saw something in the brush moving, and so he was, like, looking at it, and he's like, what's that? And it stood up on its hind legs and stared at him. Oh, yeah. Something I forgot to mention. It has glowing red eyes. (gasps) (laughs) Do you know how much I love this? (laughs) (laughs) So it was looking at him with those glowing red eyes, standing about three to four feet tall, and it had claws on its front hands. Tin said he was too scared to look at it anymore. And so he just like... So I imagine like here, like the railroad tracks are here and it's up the hill and he was standing on it and he saw it directly in front of him, but he had to run up the hill to get home. So I imagine Mm -hmm. like he just kind of like did a really wide circle while running up the hill. (laughs) Okay. Can I interject with like Mm -hmm. something I'm thinking of? Okay. So last episode was Bear Creek Swamp Mm -hmm. when we covered it low and many years ago. Just kidding. We just did that episode. And there were like these red glowing eyes. But there was also like a one sentence mention of like a four foot tall thing that would appear in front of the cars. And I just. Chupacabra. Okay. We've completely (laughs) solved the Bear Creek Swamp by this point. Okay. Continue with your story. I just had to say. Okay. The next sighting. Oh, sorry. Real quick for that one. Tim did say he he called it a demon. It wasn't until other people saw his story. They're like, "Mm, that sounds like a chupacabra. He didn't know what a chupacabra was. I can see the jump to demon. Yeah. 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 So he called it a demon and said he was never so scared in his life. I can believe it. So in Texas in 1996, there was a rancher named named near San Antonio. And he's a rancher named San Antonio. (laughs) And he said that he captured the chupacabra in a coyote trap. So basically, there was something killing his goats, chickens, and one of his donkeys, which I don't know if you know this, but a donkey is pretty badass, and people actually get donkeys to protect their livestock. So the fact that it killed the donkey, to me, is like, mm, doesn't sound so weak, does it? <laughs> Can't be a creature with an illness, can it? But anyway... So he put out the coyote traps after it killed his donkey, and he did post a photo, several photos of the chupacabra in his trap, but in 2005, which was the day the article I got this off of was written, or the year it was written, the images were already no longer available by that point. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not about to like try to sift through early 2000s photos i'm not about to do that so there's a good chance you can't find the specific photos but he did post them online and supposedly it did convince several people he also said that he donated the creature to a local texas university for identification so that it could do a necropsy on it but it was lost and he didn't have any verification Mm-hmm. So that to me sounds like a convenient, like when you call someone out in the lie and they're like, well, they lost it, you know? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So the next one is in Puerto Rico in 1997. It was in November in the town of Loiza. There were three goats who died and a child who went missing all in one night. 
at around 2 a.m. Was the child found? No. Sure. Okay. The farmhand said that he was woken at 2 a.m. because the horses and the cows were running as if the devil were in pursuit and he heard a flutter of wings. And I think what he was implying there was the chupacabra was flying because you remember yeah. some people believe it has wings. But I'm just like, I feel like I, I wasn't able to find any more information about this particular one. And I was just like, what if somebody just, like, kidnapped a child? Like, Yeah, well, then how would that is- explain the, um... The, the flutter of wings and the, um, the, the Well, the running three horses, goats. the running cows, and the three goats. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay. So there has been at least one human victim that we're aware of. So, in Australia in 1997, and keep in mind, a lot of people say that they move like kangaroos. On November 12th in Perth, I believe it's pronounced, two friends heard a squealing pig sound. And so they like were looking for the pig. I guess they were thinking it was hurt and they wanted to put it out of its misery. And Mm -hmm. they saw a creature with large piercing red eyes, a body covered in stringy matted hair. It had large teeth, smelled like sulfur, and it was three feet when it was standing on all fours. And then it stood up, and it was five feet tall, and it had a piece of kangaroo in its mouth. That is disturbing. Yeah, especially since... That is really disturbing. Everything we've ever heard about anything else is that it only drinks the blood. But this one's apparently eating a kangaroo. And kangaroos are mighty. mighty. Yeah. they're, They're strong creatures, and they're fast. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe this was a cannibalistic kangaroo. I don't know. Because... The next line makes me think that they might have been a little bit drunk because they said that it like upon seeing them jumped straight into the air as if its legs were springs and just like disappeared out of sight. And yeah, I mean, it was dark outside, so maybe it like jumped back or something outside their flashlight. It was like shrooms or something. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but that one was interesting. Then in Maryland, in 2000, there was this woman named Mary and her friend. They were driving down a road that they were both pretty familiar with because they drove on it frequently. Mm -hmm. And it was dark with the exception of a few streetlights, but it was a wooded area. So the streetlights didn't really reach as far as they could. And when they reached the end of the street, they saw a or Mary saw a pair of glowing eyes She initially assumed that it was a dog or cat, but its eyes were staring out of a hollow tree. Out of a hollow tree. Okay. Yeah, like it was hiding in it. Yeah. As they approached in the car, it hopped out and hopped across the road like a kangaroo, but extremely fast. Okay. Okay. And Mary's friend wasn't looking out the window because Mary was the one driving, and so she didn't see it. And Mary tried to explain it away as an injured dog. And so she just kind of, like, tried to ignore it. But then a couple days later, she was on the same road at night, and she saw it again coming from the same tree, and this time her friend saw it, too. Okay. She said that it had back legs like a kangaroo, and the front legs were up like a kangaroo, but it wasn't a kangaroo. She said it has an anteater snout, red glowing eyes, and was hairy like a rat and stood about three to four feet tall. This one, it might have been like a kangaroo that broke out or some sort of marsupial that broke out of a zoo. I don't know. But but the snout, the anteater mm-hmm. snout, that that could be the, the suction. Like, oh, thing. I didn't yeah. even think about that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one in New Jersey in 2000, there was a user with the username of Ska Punk. Um, OK, <laughs> which is two different types of music. So he and his friend were at a golf co- course in Brigantine when they saw a little animal moving. Okay, they didn't see a little animal. They saw movements in the trees, in the like brush area. And they hit the friend yelled at the creature and it stood up and it was three feet tall with spikes on its back. And then a year later, he went back to that same golf course and he was there with several friends 
and they saw it again. And when they shone a flashlight on it, its eyes reflected red back at them. And it was crouched, but then it stood up and it ran away. And this one, Skullpunk said that it left footprints in the sand traps. And it had two big, sharp claws on a very small palm. Two? Like, not on it, but like... No, like, oh. like it's like a t- tiny little, like, palm and then two claws. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I still honestly can't get an accurate t- picture in my mind of what the heck a chup- coop- ch- chupacabra... Wow. Wow, chupacabra <laughs> could potentially be. I really can't picture it in my mind just yet. It has a lot of variation, and I'm like, okay, wow. so if when it comes to cryptids, if someone's description is too on the nose, too similar, like using the same words as someone else's description, that's when I get a little suspicious because it's like, did you just read that other person's account and then yeah. come up with your own? But if they vary too widely, I'm like... Is this two different creatures we're talking about? Yeah, the anteater, like, it's the anteater snout that's still sticking in my head. That is so distinct that I don't see how you can have one that has an anteater snout and the others that don't. You either do or you don't have it. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe that one had a broken nose? I don't know. (laughs) A really broken nose. A really long, broken, pulled nose and no mouth. It got stuck in the laughing taffy machine. No, it didn't have a mouth. What? Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So then in Texas in 2017, in a town called Victoria, a resident saw a chupacabra on the side of their road. They reported the sighting to Crossroads Today, which is a news station. And they went to the area and found it dead on the side of the road and, like, shot a real quick news clip of it. And they said it had the paws of a dog and the body of a hyena. And then they just left it on the side of the road for highway patrol. And then, like, the link to the original news story was broken. And I tried to search it on their website and it was like, mm, you've used all your um, <laughs> articles today. Isn't it funny? So, <laughs> it's so funny how that happens. It's Hilarious. like, I got, I got sent to a, hmm, we can't find it page, but I've used all my articles. Got it. So this next one is in South Carolina in 2017. There was this man named Doug Stewart, and he took a photo of it, Robin. And he was at the Santee Cooper Country Club, and he posted it on Facebook. And he claimed that it was a chupacabra, and many people thought it was a fox or coyote with mange. But I just sent you two photos. Okay. That he snapped real quick, and he, I think the caption was, WTF is this thing? Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Okay, okay, I'm looking at it. So this is a... Definitely, like, more canine creature. Yeah. It has, like, a rot tail. Yes. And it's leathery skin, but I do think I see some fur along the edges of it. I can yeah, and the skin's, like, hanging off of it. Like, it's severely emaciated. Yes. It has large, pointed ears. And honestly, there's, like, a way about the face that I can see, like, the description to a kangaroo. Ooh, okay, now I'm looking mm-hmm. at the side image. And, like, you can totally see how the skin really is hanging off of it. Oh, that is a weird looking critter and i don't think that that photo is doctored no it doesn't look doctored to me either and you see how like the eyes are bulging out like they were saying like it's a prominent eyes i can okay it just looked like eyes to me oh well no from the side i can see how it goes out some yeah kind of like a chihuahua you know like how their eyes look like they're about to pop out of their heads so okay honestly i can see this being some sort of like canine creature and i don't know if i'm using the word canine correctly but like i can see it being like maybe not a A canine but like a hyena of sorts or potentially a coyote with mange because like there is some hair on it fur on it especially at the tail it doesn't look well this creature does not look well 
Yeah. But so it definitely looks like a creature that I wouldn't like look at it and be like, mm, that's a dog. No, I would look at it and be like, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> so let me remind you that was in South Carolina in 2017. That doesn't make me feel great. So this next photo I'm about to send you, Robin, is in Texas in 2019. And it's in Houston. And a man saw it outside uh, near Highway 6 behind a shell station. And he snagged this photo of it. And it looks nigh identical to the other two photos or the photo of the South Carolina one. You're correct. And any creature that's that sick in 2017, I doubt can make it to Texas in two years. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't think so either, Zoe. And like this photo is a little bit more blurry. It is, but it is like the same size. And you can see a hint of a tail kind of like tucked between its back legs as it moves. That's true. It is hard. That's like the biggest difference I can see is that like the other tail is so long. Mm -hmm. And this one is hard to tell if it is long because it it is tucked. And the motion blur is kind of like hiding it a little. Motion blur. Yeah, but okay. All right, you've got me intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> you've got me intrigued. It's just, it's so, oh, that is so weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ugh, makes me want to crawl out of my skin. So I have two more um, in- interactions to let you know. These were the unknowns. So somebody posted these somewhere on the internet, but didn't give a location or a date. Okay. So uh, uh, this person was older by the time they posted this, but they said that when they were in seventh grade, They were going home from a friend's house when he saw his name was Kip. He saw a uh, two glowing red eyes in the tree line and then it stood up and it was about three and a half feet tall. And he said it looked exactly like the chupacabras that he'd seen on TV before. He said it made a sound like it was a squealing drunken dog that was not anything that he had ever heard before. And he called it unearthly. And it had a long tongue that came out of its mouth and just kind of like moved around. And that was enough for him. So he started running and his house was three doors down by this point. Yes, the band. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so the creature actually started chasing him. And he got to his house and was like pounding on the door, ringing the doorbell. And by the time his dad opened the door, the thing was gone. Mm-hmm. So the dad did not see it. And then there was another story from this man named Sonoran on a February morning. He said that he was home alone when he heard a window break. So he grabbed a golf club and opened the bedroom that the sound had come from. And here's a direct quote from him. Quote, when I saw what it was, I got paralyzed. Climbing in my bed was a creature I had never seen before. It appeared to be hurt because it seemed it could not move well. That thing hissed horribly. It shrieked in an unworldly manner, which made me even more scared. It was about the size of a large rabbit, dark in color, and had reddish eyes. It had wings, a spine of quills on its back, and a semi-reptilian face. It appeared to have hair and small legs. I thought it was some sort of large bat, But when I clearly saw its face, I instinctively raised the golf club and it hissed and showed its large yellowish teeth, which appeared to be sharp like those of a crocodile. He then said that he swung at the creature and it jumped back out the window and ran away. And so he said that his final remarks were, the eyes, red and glowing, were not easy to forget. And then he also had window damages to pay for. I feel like that one <laughs> could have been a bat, but I'm not sure. It's smaller than the rest were. And the, but the only thing that kind of like ruins that theory to me is like, he said it ran away. I feel like bats can't run. Unless it was injured. But I think bats are incapable of running on their feet. Okay. You're right. Probably. <laughs> 
But if you are interested in more sightings, you can head over to a link in my sources. It's the Princeton.edu source, and they have a list of a lot of sightings, but they don't have that many details. So what I found is that I would like find the sighting and then I would Google it, like say the Texas 2017 Chupacabra sighting, and then I'd be able to find an article from there. Gotcha. Oh, well, Zoe. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, does the chupacabra exist? (sighs) Okay. I think there's something going on. (laughs) Like, okay, it seems that lots of animals truly did die. Mm Mm-hmm. And the images that you sent me don't look doctored, and they do look very similar. What I'm not sure about is if there's a connection between those two things. And those two things are the strongest to me. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something going on, but I'm a... I think I'm a... I'm not sure what to think about this just yet. (laughs) So I'm going to be middle of the roading it, and I'm going to put a five. Okay. Yeah. Which is probably the highest I've given it. That's <laughs> cryptid. <laughs> yeah, I think so. What about you, Zoe? Eight. Gotta be an eight. I think the okay. chupacabra. Now, are those things in that photo the chupacabra? Maybe, maybe not. But I feel like the yeah. chupacabra exists. Okay. Everyone, if you enjoy today's episode, uh, please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friendo, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash haunted hospitality. For just $3 a month, you get a new episode from us. Yes, and it comes out on the 13th because we're spooky. If you want to go check out my sources, you can head over to hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com. If you have your own spooky story, maybe you've seen the chupacabra. If you have, I will suck your left toe for the pleasure of... (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will not suck anyone's toes. But please, if you have have a story... not that kind of podcast. (laughs) If you have a story of the chupacabra, please let me know. I will be very excited. I'll kiss your baby. There we go. That's a better one. We are on the interwebs. You can find us. We all on those. Our email is hauntedhospitalitypodcast at gmail.com. Okay, go ahead, Rob. We are on the interwebs. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. You can also find us on Twitter at Haunted Hosts. We hope to see you there. Stay Stay spooky. spooky.